This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 211 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Hands On Gloves, the all-in-one revolutionary bathing grooming gloves. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have reunited horse girls and two race boys. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have the us with us, my producer, Jen. Hi, how are you, Jen? Hey, I'm back. I can talk again. Yay. No, I'm so happy you're <laughs> over that laryngitis. I'm sure Glenn is happy to have you back at the microphone. I know I am. You know, I'm sorry. It, I, I couldn't talk for a little over a week, and we're getting a little thunderstorm, so I apologize if anybody hears that. Oh, and fine. I'm sorry. I'd rather work than have laryngitis. It sucked. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's true. That is true. It's not like you were on a beach sipping something. No, probably. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't no. one of those things at all. But yes, I got to go to the movement and meet so many fascinating, interesting, lovely people. And oh. I'm, I'm, we're going to have to keep our, our little chit chat at the beginning kind of short today because you have so much to chat ab- about with our guests. You do. But you ask, we're asking everybody what their takeaways were. Yes, I did. My takeaway mm-hmm. was that good horsemanship can come from so many different backgrounds. The, the, the backgrounds and the outlook and the discipline and the age of the people who attended the movement, who obviously got so much out of it, was so varied. I was yeah. very surprised. Well, that's cool. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. People come from all over the country, all over, well, we even had... In this COVID time, we even had some international, but we also had a lot of disciplines, a lot of breeds, a lot of ages. But what we didn't have is a lot of boys. We have a lot of women. <laughs> well, I, I think that just that matches the demographic of the industry of yeah. people in America anyway. That's you know, true. that's that's, that's not surprising. But people who were competitors, people who used to be competitors and now just enjoy horses, people yeah. who were just getting started competing, people who had never had a horse in their life. Yeah. All over the map, professionals, amateurs, um, families, and that really surprised me. And it and it kind of taught me a little bit about I need to broaden what I see because I I come you know okay I ju- you're not going to enjoy that kind of thing because you're an add a label. No, stop labeling. You know there you go. Yeah. 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 No, I love I, I love that we've got a mountain trail out there now, a, a Mark Bolander designed mountain trail and that it, we put everybody on that now too. our veterans <laughs> with post-traumatic stress in our programs. We we take them out there and uh, learn to breathe and get that transition horse, an OTTB off the track, right up on that swinging bridge, and people just hardly believe it, hardly believe it. But but we're going to hear about some of that because we do have also Melanie and Elizabeth that were there at the movement, and then also we have Monty and Vincenzo Shergan, son of a famous jockey and becoming famous himself on today. So let's get to it. Let's get to it right after we hear from our title sponsor, Hands on Gloves. 
Well, I'm sitting here today with Jay Michelson of Hands-On Gloves. And we were talking today about the horse that has sensitive skin or the animal that has sensitive skin, Jay. And I I wanted you to help me address that a little bit. I know you've got some features to your products, but I know you know more about it than I do. So what do you do? What do you say to the, the owner that has somebody with sensitive skin? Our gloves are made from surgical grade nitrile. So that makes them chemical resistant, mildew resistant, because you can bathe with them too. They're made to get wet. Um, but across the board, there's no latex in them. So it's great for any animal, any people that have latex issues. There's no latex in it. They're just your hands. And if you have a thin skin horse or dog, they're, they're cats, other animals. There are many animals that don't like to be touched in certain areas. But having the gloves on, it's just your hands. You get immediate feedback if you get to an area of that animal that is sensitive. And you can apply less pressure in those areas, and you can apply more pressure in the other areas. Um, We have professional grooms that work from us. Um, They groom for Olympians across the board, and these guys are phenomenal. And they did a study on mainly thoroughbreds, thin-skinned thoroughbreds, Mm -hmm. and they found out that most people are grooming too light. Oh, (laughs) interesting. They're tickling the the horses. And went in and applied just a little more pressure, and the horses loved it. Uh And that's kind of some of our experience with it. We we have all kinds of animals and experience with that. I think you can throw these in the wash machine. Am I right? You can. Next time you bathe your animals with them, use the gloves. A little bit of soap suds up all the way. And what we do after we bathe our animals with them, we rinse them off, hang them out to dry, and they go back to new. Um, You can throw them in the washing machine. Um, Just don't put them in the dryer. And um, just throw them in the washing machine hang them out to dry, and they go back to new. Well, Jay, how do people find out about you? Handsongloves.com. We have today Elizabeth Hauer, the MRILC intern. That's from the Monty Roberts International Learning Center intern and a part of the Right Horse Initiative. She's a member of that and also on the staff of When Plays Home, which is an adoption partner of the ASPCA's program. She's a trainer. And we have Melanie Mizsovsky, and she started riding horses at the age of 10. Since then, she's completed the hunter jumpers and inventing and cross derbies competitions. She has continued her education in horsemanship by training with the likes of Ann Krasinski, Joe Fargus, Monty Roberts, and many other notable experts. Melanie has also spent a significant amount of time exploring the wilderness. That'll become important. And challenging herself by hiking the Grand Canyon, the Trans-Zion Trek, and backpacking through Yosemite while rock climbing around the East Coast. Her next goal is the Gaucho Derby. It's a 500-kilometer horse race in Patagonia. That'd be in Argentina. And Melanie currently resides in Maryland, where she works full-time as the program director for an inpatient substance abuse program. Her passion for helping others is a driving force in her life. That's why we're having her on. And Melanie is a member of the Marlboro Hunt Club and sits on the board of the Cleveland Bay Horse Society of North America. She shares her life with her husband, three dogs, two Cleveland Bay sport horses, and three chickens. Welcome to Horsemanship Radio, Melanie Masovsky and Elizabeth Hauer. I'm so glad to have you both on. How are you, Melanie? 
I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Now, listen how much Elizabeth sounds like Melanie now. Hi, Elizabeth. How's it going? Because <laughs> we know each other for so long. I'm doing my study. <laughs> Thanks for having I me know. Well, I'm excited to have you on because uh, I, I started this journey to have Melanie on because of a couple of things. And we'll expand on that. But Melanie came out from, are you in Maryland? Is that where you are now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Melanie from Maryland came all the way out to to visit us at the movement in June, about a month ago. And it was exciting to meet you. You're a big part of our Horse Radio Network family and a listener to the shows. So we're excited about that. And also a learner. You're, you know, you're a student of the horse and riding. And then um, and Elizabeth Howard was a part of our presentation group, our demonstrators, and Elizabeth was there to present at the movement. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that, being a part of the Right Horse Initiative and adoption partners. Um, But then a happy circumstance happened at the movement between you two, and I definitely want to bring that up too. So Melanie, why don't you tell us that story, because everybody will be dying to hear what the happy circumstance was. Well, so... um You know, it was the first day of the movement and we were most of the way through the day and it was time to go um, get our, some of our swag uh, silk screened or or print screen. And I'm standing in line and there's this girl behind me who had been, you know, handling horses all day and and part of the program. And and I remember seeing her earlier and being like, oh, wow, look at her. Like, you go, girl. Like, you're really (laughs) doing this. And, And she turns to me and she says, I remember you from last year. And and I said, no, I, w- I wasn't here last year. And she's like, hmm, I swear I know you. And, you know, so we went round and round. And I said, well, I'm I'm from back in Pennsylvania. And she said, well, me too. And I said, you know, I did the hunters and jumpers. And she said, me too. And I said, you know, I used to show in like Virginia, Vermont, New York. And she was like, wait a minute, who did you, who did you work with or ride with? And I said, Rick McGrath. And she said, Mel, it's me. Liz. And the light bulb went off and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like we worked and rode for the same trainer for a pretty, pretty significant period of time and traveled to some cool shows, you know, back East here and, and worked together and we're friends. And, you know, just Liz was starting her uh, like journey into college and after high school. And I was already kind of partway through that journey. So we just lost touch and, and it was just amazing to run into her there. Ah, Elizabeth. So you, yeah. you noticed first, so Mel had changed, I, but you hadn't, right? Oh, well, I had, I had noticed first. I noticed her when I was doing the presentation with Ada Gates, like, I know that woman has a beautiful smile. I don't know why I know that, but I know that I just, I know that face. And so then I felt a little bit silly when I kept pestering her in line, uh, you know, to, no, I wasn't here last year. No, I'm not from California. No, I'm like, okay, well, I just know I know you. So it was just super delightful. And then, of course, all the, the flood of memories that came yeah. back um, after, you know, almost 20 years, not to date ourselves. But um, it was just a just a truly one of those, um, I don't know, there's, there's a better term for it than I'm thinking of right now. But one of well, I think it's really horse girl. Moments. It's a horse girl thing, really, you guys. Girl. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean to see you guys, um, you know, grow up with horses too, and you're both young, and the fact that you've spent so much time with horses is pretty darn cool, anyway. And so I thought I definitely got to get you on and give your impressions. I mean, Melanie, what, what, um, 
I guess, urged you on to go to the movement? What was it that attracted you to the movement? Gosh, you know, I have admired Monty for so many years, and I just didn't even realize that working with him or people who have been trained by him was so accessible. Mm -hmm. So when I started hearing about it on Horses in the Morning, I was like, huh, this is kind of cool. And then one night I went out to dinner with some friends and my husband, and I was like, yeah, like they're doing this thing, and it sounds really cool, but it would be a pretty expensive trip. And You know, and my husband was like, honey, Monty's not getting any younger (laughs) and this could be really life changing for you. You need to do it. And our friends were like in full support and agreement and, you know, went home and got my tickets. Awesome. And, you know, fortunately a friend from here was able to come with me so that that helped um, just to have a buddy and also, you know, travel expenses and things were split so that it just made it so possible, which was amazing. Yeah, really cool. And Elizabeth, what's your journey to the movement? Well, how much time have you got, Debbie? I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, my journey to the movement this year um, was I, I just had so much gosh darn fun last year um, presenting with Simon um, that I thought I would just do do anything um, to be a part of it this year. It's such a special experience. And um, this year, I um, really, I had the was really special to, to be back because in the meantime, between last movement and this movement, I went through my intro exams and I, and the advanced course and the advanced exams and the advanced, uh, you know, I didn't pass my advanced tests. And, um, so it was meeting the work and meeting the movement and, and recognizing what it means on a much, I think a much deeper, more comprehensive level, you know, having gone through all of that training over the past year and realizing, um, everything that goes into not only the work, but also the farm and what a great family, um, you know, globally, you know, internationally that this has created. So it's just really special to have such a deep understanding of how wide uh, spanning this really is. Mm, That's so nice. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that you coast to coast now met up at the movement too. And that is (laughs) really cool. And that all these years, you, you obviously had a lot of the same values and principles with horses because you end up coming to the same place for those. For, for each one of you, what was the takeaway that you had from the movement, you know, that you felt really touched you maybe beyond what you expected? Melanie, you first. Sure. Um, so I think for me, it was both comforting and um, exhilarating because I realized that I'm already doing a lot of things right with horses. Um, my approach is very in line with the philosophy that we all share. And um, But what was so amazing was just watching all the room for improvement and all the just thinking outside the box of what does this horse need right now from me in order to complete this next goal or learn something new or whatever it was and and just really not adhering to sort of the ways of the past that I think probably Elizabeth and I both were taught that now we're like, man, if I had only known then what I know now could have done it a lot differently. So we've, we, like you said, we've both been on this kind of parallel journey in a way and both come to the same place, which is so cool. I mean, it's just really, amazing. And we're, I think 
for me, I was just like, wow, okay, so I'm, I'm totally not screwing up my horses right now. Uh, <laughs> <This is> comforting. <laughs> that is comforting. Yeah. And, and actually very affirming because yeah, we'll get to talking a little bit about what your goals are next for yourself as a horseback rider um, too, yeah. and a real challenge that you're, you're coming up on. And Elizabeth, for you, your takeaway? I think my takeaway this year was just, um, it was really bolstering to see, you know, how many people, obviously anyone who came to the movement loves horses, but how many people are really um, uh, so eager to learn. It's like, okay, so I love my horse. I know that much. Now what? Um, you know, one of my favorite um, phrases that someone said to me about, we were t- discussing, oh, someone being not so kind to their horse. And they said, well, that person just got to the end of their knowledge. I thought, oh, that's it. Got to the and end of their knowledge. That's great. Got to the end of their knowledge. And so when I look at one, Monty, how he has never gotten to the end of his knowledge and he wants to keep, I mean, he says all the time that his learning his years have been after he turned 80, mm-hmm. you know, but that, that he set that precedent and that example. And then there's a whole generation of people willing to fly to California to say, I want to expand my knowledge. I never want to get to the end of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really exciting. Yeah, uh, to, to know that okay, this this movement um, is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the when we set out to start the movement, it was a twofold um, meaning, <laughs> I guess, it, and it's pretty overt. Is that we wanted to keep horses moving as well as we wanted to move toward nonviolent training, more gentle training too. And I, you know, I hope we came across with that message this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, it was fun to see you, Elizabeth, out on the mountain trail and working with those horses so confidently with these off the track thoroughbreds, retired thoroughbreds that are still pretty darn young. And um, it was, it was really fun to see everybody's reaction to all that progress happening too. So I'm really excited about, you know, what, what you guys take home this next year and what you will apply to your horses. So I'll have to have you back for that. But aren't you proud? Aren't you proud, Elizabeth, of what this Melanie is going to do with this? uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the Gaucho Derby next too. Isn't that amazing? Oh my goodness. You texted me that and I thought you are such, I don't know if I can say this, but like you are so cool. I'm gonna say something a little more. <laughs> I think so you're gonna say more. badass, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say badass, but that's a badass. This yeah, so exciting. Yeah, very exciting. All oh, right, thank you. Well, we've got Elizabeth teaching our intro course right now with Simon Joanville, our resident instructor. So I'll let you get back to that, and we'll keep Melanie on to talk a little bit more about that Gaucho Derby. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, Elizabeth. Hi, Debbie. I just had to write and tell you how much I'm enjoying Monty's podcast on Horsemanship Radio. You and Monty and your podcast guests are my company every evening while I'm feeding, cleaning, and finishing up barn chores for the day. I especially enjoyed the recent podcast 158 because so many of the guys that Monty talked about, and especially Greg Ward, were heroes of mine when I was growing up. It was really fun to be a fly on the wall listening to Monty recount all those stories. And I also enjoyed his discussion with Tanya Johnston about the deer and Sigmotaxis. 
Thanks for all the great information you and your dad are spreading throughout the world. And thanks for making the time doing my barn chores. No chore at all. All the best, Nan Meek. Well, now, Melanie, we wanted to talk a little bit today about the Gaucho Derby. And I know you've done, you did a beautiful explanation for it on uh, Horses in the Morning, the the big radio mm-hmm. station with Jamie and Glenn. And that's episode 2969 for anybody who is curious about that. We won't make you go through all the hoops that you did. That was July 8th, <laughs> 2022. Uh, but it is really, really fun that you're doing this because we get to vicariously live through you, which is <laughs> the best part. But um, you will have a GoFundMe. It's uh, Melanie's Gaucho Derby entry. GoFundMe is... Um, what is it under? It's Melanie Goes uh, Melanie Gaucho. Melanie Goes Gaucho. Yes. Okay. And we're going to follow along a little bit on social media too. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I've got um, Facebook and Instagram under the same, you know, at uh, Melanie Goes Gaucho uh, that will highlight the training I'm doing, the preparation, the challenges, all of, all of it. And I have some pretty fun, funny stuff planned to throw in there too for, for everybody's entertainment. Yeah, good. Okay, we need some funnies. Um, as long as they're G-rated, we're okay with that. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've we've uh, introduced you as uh, you know participating in a 500-kilometer horse race in Patagonia. So you're going to be on the upside down of the world, right? That's in Argentina, right? Yeah, Argentina and South America. So um, it's in February. So basically, the equivalent of our November, or I guess they're coming into their fall, winter, we're coming into our spring, summer season. So the tail end of their winter uh, is what what it will be there. Mm -hmm. So is it as brutal as it sounds? Or is it one of those, uh, I really just wanted to go see the Patagonia, which is supposed to be beautiful? I mean, I hope it's not as brutal (laughs) as it sounds, but I um, I, I believe that it is, oh. you know, you're covering a pretty good amount of miles per day in some unknown territory with pretty drastic terrain conditions. So it should be really interesting. So you're used to riding a Cle- Cleveland Bay cross. I think I saw on your GoFundMe and your Facebook account, uh, Bay Hill Ca- Capella. Is that yes. the name of your horse? Yeah. Yes. So tell us a little yeah. bit about him. He's not who you're riding in the Patagonia. I know. No, <laughs> no, they provide the horses. Thank goodness. Cause I don't think I'd make it on him. Yeah. Um, he's an 11 year old Cleveland Bay sport horse. He's actually three quarters thoroughbred, one quarter Cleveland Bay. And, um, he's just amazing. I bought him as a seven year old and he was still very, very green because they hadn't really found the right person for him yet. He's got a pretty unique personality and, and things like that. So um, his breeder and I, kind of like Elizabeth and I, we go way, way back <laughs> 20 plus years ago. And I hadn't talked to her in years. And my husband was deploying for six months to Africa with the military. And I reached out and I said, hey, I haven't been riding in a few years, but I think I, you know, I want to lease a horse or do something. Do you know anybody? And as luck would have it, she had a whole bunch for me. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I met him. And I got to have a six month trial period basically just by going up there and riding him. And, and now we fox hunt, we event, we trail ride, we do shooting clinics, jousting clinics, cattle working clinics, you name it. He does, he does it all. Wow. That is amazing. But now you have a job on top of this. How do you do all this? 
<sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that the Adulting with Horses podcast can help me. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, it's a lot of getting up very early in the morning and riding before I have to go to work or staying up late at night and, and doing it then. And I'm very lucky to have a horse who doesn't need to be ridden five times a week in order to stay the same. So some weeks are good weeks and some weeks we might, we're lucky to get a one ride in. Um, but I am a program director for a inpatient substance abuse facility. So yeah, it's pretty demanding. That is, yeah, it is. That is a heavy responsibility. I'm glad for you that you have a little horse therapy to go off to, right? Absolutely. <laughs> give it for our clients and I need it just as much as they do. Do you do you use horses in your practice there? Or in yeah, the we do. Mm-hmm. Yep. They they get to do um, therapy as well as they get to do a little riding too, because everybody, let's face it, wants to get to ride the horse. Um, they love playing with them and doing the therapy stuff, but um, but the ride is really kind of usually a highlight as well, uh, where they're they're really getting to face some fears usually. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Is that it? So is it is it one of those things that they're challenged by, or is this sort of a reward? Yeah, I think it's both. Uh, you know, I can't tell you the number of clients that have said to me, I'll go, but I don't want to ride. I don't want to mm-hmm. ride. I'm scared of horses. I had a bad experience, or I've never ridden a horse, or they're just so big. And I'm like, just give it a chance. Just go there. And if you're still not feeling it, you don't have to. But um, the woman who runs our program is just amazing at giving them confidence in matching horses and riders. And, I mean, we've had one or two fall off over the years. Nobody with any serious injuries. And, you know, it's they all come back and they're like, oh, we rode and we did this trail and it was so amazing and so beautiful. And, and the horse, like, we were communicating. And I'm like, yes, that's what it is. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah, we got to get you to throw in a join up here and there too. Maybe they would have some fun with that. You got to know a little bit about that at the movement. So, oh yeah, we, my gosh, really powerful. Yeah, super powerful. So I love that you you do that. You incorporate. You know, you've got a foot in both worlds, which is pretty cool. And apparently, it must not be too exciting because you have to go all the way to Patagonia to get some excitement <laughs> in your life. <laughs> but that's good. Do you ever find like some of us that? Doing therapy work for people who, quote unquote, need it also is therapy for you? Of course. I mean, I don't think there's a person who comes through our doors that can't teach me something and show me a new perspective. And, you know, doing this work has opened my world significantly, Um, not only culturally, linguistically, but also just the human experience. We're all so much more alike than we are different and the horses just really bring that out in us. Yeah, that's good. I, I hate to lose hope in, in the human race, but I know there's things sometimes that challenge us with humans uh, and we crawl back to our horses saying, Oh, you know, um, at least you're accountable. (laughs) (laughs) And your husband is a veteran of what military branch? Okay. So, uh, he joined, he was active duty Marine out of high school. Wow. Um, and then he went to college after that and, and got his master's and all of that stuff while he was both army national guard and then air national guard. And he ended up ultimately retiring from air national guard after 20 years. Wow. You'll have to thank him for us for that. That's amazing. And what is he doing with all that now? Um, he, 
he right now, I mean, he still has a full-time job because he was a reservist for so long. Um, so he works for a bank, a financial institution doing like HR and fraud. I don't even know. I don't, I don't I even know. I yeah. What he does. I have no <laughs> idea. He's on I a lot of conference calls. Uh, yeah. Okay. A lot of that during COVID. Uh, do you get him out on a horse? He has ridden on a horse once and um, it went fine, but uh, he's holding out for a mule. He really uh, wants a mule to name I, Turbo and to just probably go feed treats to. I, I doubt he'll ever even ride the mule. <laughs> well, don't put it past him now. Once those guys see a little, you know, something faster than them, they just might. <laughs> There's a need for speed in these guys. I have heard this story more than once. And a gated mule was even more specific, which is really interesting. Ooh. Yeah, see? There's a new goal. Yeah. No, I, I'm just, I'm so proud of what you're doing. And I'm so proud of your the fact that you're also raising money for this. And I want people to go to that GoFundMe. Um, selfishly too, because you're helping support Horsens and Healing for our veterans and first responders, which is our nonprofit program we've been doing for hmm, 12 years now. Yeah, 2010 we launched it, and um, it is uh, it's definitely it, we've sort of grown up in that now. I know a lot of people do equine therapy or equine assisted learning. Um, I feel like. When we were first doing it, people thought we were a little crazy, but <laughs> but when they saw how well it responded and we had a science trial for four years that gathered a lot of great uh, intel about horses and post-traumatic stress. So we're real excited that people are starting to catch on to it because only us is not enough. So we need a right. lot of people to, to study this too. And I'm glad that you're using horses in your program too. So I hope people will support your GoFundMe, not only for your derby money that you've got to raise, which I can't imagine. I don't even want to know how much it costs. Um, but also if there's anything left over, it goes to a really good cause. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, my goal is to donate at least 25% of the proceeds to Horse Sense and Healing. Um, being out at Flag is Up Farm was so powerful, and I just got to witness a little piece of what you were doing for these veterans and first responders and people, you know, with post-traumatic stress and things like that. Um, and it's just so close to my heart for so many reasons. And I really want to give back to that because, like you said, I, I don't, you know, I we need a program like that in every city, honestly, yeah. yep. <laughs> or at least okay. in every state. And and it's possible. We just have to we have to support the people that are doing it because it it is very different. I've been through a lot of different equine assisted therapy programs, and this one is is different. Nice, thank you. Well, we make them work for it. It's part of it. Part of the <laughs> process is it's it's not really a treat. It is a it's a scary. A challenging thing to do a join up with a, a thousand pound animal, especially when they have no background in horses at all. But we've done it safely and very effectively now for 12 years. But uh, but I think people, uh, you know, can launch pad from us too and see that it is okay to do that. And it's not just kissing and brushing on horses that that's nice enough because their physiology is so chill. And then, you know, it helps, it helps those veterans chill too, but it also can challenge them to help that horse trust and, and get their physiology down and around you know, safe. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Melanie would love to have you back. We'd love to follow you on the Gaucho Derby. Where do people follow you? Find you besides the, um, you can find me 
Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Just put in at Melanie Goes Gaucho, okay. and I'm on there. And I'm I'm trying to post as much as I can right now, but I'm pretty early in the process. So, um, you know, I'm going to pick up my new exercise bike tomorrow that will help with my endurance training. And and you know, we're really definitely I'm throwing my whole heart into this to be not only successful but to 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 finish really well and to represent horse sense and healing the best I can and, and just raise funds for that. And then who knows what's after that, maybe the Mongol Derby, but probably not. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Not from what I've heard, but good for you. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us today on Horsemanship Radio, Melanie. Thank you guys so much for having me. A couple of years ago, I don't know how long ago it was now, mm-hmm. but uh, we we uh, had you on a, a number of our shows talking yeah. about the Equus Online University, which had just yeah. come out. It has developed. It's become better with the search engine in it, and it's become better with the forum because we have such an amazing forum. You know, a lot of those forums, people get on there and go, oh, no, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yeah, usually it's, it ends up with the whiners on forums. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's not. What I see is a mentoring. Actually, it's, it's almost the polar opposite. Because um, the, we, we do give these rosettes out for people who've completed so many lessons. And uh, once the rosettes started, now we have, uh, we're up to five rosettes uh, for somebody who's watched every lesson. And you, you have those rosettes by your forum uh, personality and your profile. And uh, so you can really see who's watched all these things. So it gives them credibility when they come in and say, hey, if you watch this lesson. So people come on there and they're using it as a, um, as a training tool, frankly, you know, and they get on there. And, and I'm not bragging on, on the university as the greatest training tool, which I think it is, but it's also a great place for people to be mentored as they begin their journey with horses. Um, it really, it really is cool. So when they watch the lessons and they can watch them over and over again as many times as they want, they get the lesson notes. They get audio, they get visual, and then they've got the forum to kick around too. Plus, we've got now since 2004, every week, without fail, we put up a Q&A from Monty himself. He chose the question, he answered it, and we put it in a database. And that's actually free for everybody to search and get to. It's it's open on our um, Equus Online University. In other words, it's a non-subscriber open source forum too. Uh, not forum, but a Q&A base. Uh, the forum is not. You're, you're behind a subscriber wall for the forum just so we know who's talking. But it is... Um, it is it's been an incredible experience, actually, to put these together with Stefan Peters and Will Simpson. You know who I'm talking about. These these guys have won everything yeah. in their worlds. And uh, Charlotte Bredals and and if I get started, Rich, Richard Winters and so many guest lecturers that are on there, too. So some people ask, why is it called university? Well, that's what a university is. It's uh, it's not just one opinion. It's not just one deliverer. You know, and, and I think that's the difference between the uh, everybody is putting out a YouTube these days and they're free so people ask us sometimes why do you charge like up to ten dollars a month and well it's it's expensive to make the university everybody knows quality is is uh not cheap but it's really our mission statement and i know that sounds a bit trite but it's true (laughs) when you when you've worked at it for five years just to get all that quantified and on there they're just almost no subjects we haven't covered at this point but 
Um, but dad and I were looking at the list and he goes, Hey, I'm going to be making videos until well into my nineties. And I went, yes, (laughs) (laughs) promise and sign here. (laughs) So, so we do have, we do have a lot of subjects left to go and a lot of people we want to still get on there. What do you think of it, Glenn? Well, I think that one of the things about training horses as it, same as training anything, really, no. uh, is that you're, you're going through stages and you're always coming up to a new problem to solve uh-huh. or a new issue to deal with. And what I like about the university now that you have so much content on there mm-hmm. is that whatever issue you're running into, there's going to be something on there to help you. So not many people are going to go on there and watch all, you know, all the videos, mm-hmm. uh, because there's just so many of them. What you're going to, what you're going to want to do is go on there and you're going to want to watch the videos that relate to the situation you're in currently with right. that particular horse. Um, and, and that's what I like about it is it has, it has so much content now that whatever you're dealing with, you're probably going to find an answer somewhere, somehow. And if not, you can go to the forum. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I, I really like about it is wherever you're at now is where you can find that situation. Plus, you know, YouTube is so full of crap now. And I'm not saying that every video on there is crap, but there are, we all know what we're talking about. Uh, there are some that are. And, you know, one of the things that, I really like about this is you know you can trust it. Uh, you know that w- what you're seeing is something you can trust. I've tried doing repairs on uh, appliances and things off of YouTube videos. <laughs> and, and you know, some of them are good, some are not so good. And some, one of the things I couldn't get back together again. So, oh. <laughs> you know, it's, you know that, at least you didn't hurt yourself. That's right. Good. <laughs> so that's what I really like about it. And for that, yes, it costs a few, it costs a few pennies to do it, but it's worth it. Um, nice. You know, it's worth it to do it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And it is tried and true. Everything on there is so tried and true. If not, you know, we'd be, they'd be throwing tomatoes at us in the forum. <laughs> but it really does work. And, and we, we are so happy that, uh, so many people have been, um, interested enough at least to go there, you know, and I should plug in the, the website right now is, um, www.montyrobertsuniversity.com, um, because people can get a free day pass on there and go see what we're talking about and, uh, and check out that search engine too. You can put in the weird little keywords and you, you find all kinds of crazy stuff. It really is cool. And it breaks it down by, um, not just the lessons first, then it goes into the Q and A database and then it goes into the forum. So you can actually pick and choose where you, um, pick up those keywords from too. So um, it, it's great. And then you also have little challenge questions, which I love the little tests at the end. You know, there's always four questions at the end of your lesson to make sure that, you know, you were, you were watching. And um, if, if you get it wrong, it just says, want to try again? <laughs> and so you, by process of elimination, you get it right. And then it, it moves you on. And that's how you get your rosettes that you've accomplished that, um, that lesson and that you get to move on. But I, you know, what you just said is so important because when we were setting this, idea up. Um, nothing really existed like it. We didn't want it to be first you have to do one and then you have to do number two and then you have to do number three and like it was some sort of programmed process. Yeah, because that, that never works. It doesn't. It, <laughs> no. you know, because we wanted people who were amazing trainers to jump in there and go, this is what I, you know, what does Monty say about this or what does this trainer say about that? Uh, and they could be at a world-class level or it could be a very beginner saying, where do I start first? And you can you just go down the lessons if you want. But, you know, it's like you said, if all of a sudden you have a horse that won't load and you didn't have one last week that didn't load, you know, you go to the loading lessons right. and it's exactly. a whole series on it. <laughs> And it's MontyRobertsUniversity.com. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for asking. (laughs) 
Vincenz Schergen is from Cologne, Germany, and grew up in the horse racing industry, having worked for several racehorse trainers in France, Germany, and England. He's three times champion amateur jockey in Germany on his own. He has a bachelor's degree in sports management, and his future goal is to become a trainer. And in his eyes, the Godolphin training start is the best opportunity that he could get to build a solid ground for a successful career. Oh, and did I mention that he also is the son of Peter Shergan, who was a famous race jockey who Monty will mention in this interview as being very pivotal in his career. All right. Here we are with another one of those miracles in my life, really. It was way back in the 1970s when... I was here on the farm and I was doing the buying of yearlings and selling two-year-olds and uh, a, a sheikh got involved in the thoroughbred industry. His name was Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum and he was the leader of a country called Dubai and he was just getting involved and um, I met him in England in 1989 and I told him about a young man, Satish Simar, that I adopted. I made him my foster son, and he was with me for about seven or eight years. And he really learned my concepts um, right down to the ground. And I was loaning him in the autumn each year uh, to the boys in uh, Lexington. Um, TaylorMade. The TaylorMade boys the Taylor family. And so I wanted him to meet Satish Simar from Jaipur in India. But he wouldn't ask me, he wouldn't ask me, who is that boy? And finally we were in Lexington at the sales there, Keeneland Sales, and uh, Sheikh Mohammed came up to me and he said, who is that boy? And I said, that's Satish Simar, he's from Jaipur. He speaks Urdu? And I said, yes, he speaks Urdu. And he said, I want that boy. Now what's happened in that 30 years or more? What's happened now? Satish Simar is the winningest trainer in the history of racing in Dubai. Seems irresponsible to say that because you don't hear about Satish Simar all that much. He doesn't travel the world. He trains right there. But he's won more championship uh, in racing yes. in Dubai than any other trainer. And um, so Sheikh Mohammed, in the meantime, he starts this thing called Flying Start. Right? Yeah. And it's a Godolphin, through Godolphin his organization and then they start sending out young people that are promising to our industry and um, I get a thing in the mail I think it was from a young man called Vincent Schirgen and you see him sitting here and he's with Godolphin Flying Start program and he said I want to go see Monty Roberts I want to spend some time with Monty Roberts I would like to learn about his methods. Can you believe the incredible circle around this globe of that kind of coming together? Who 
is Vincent Shergan? He's the son of Peter Shergan. Who is Peter Shergan? Five times champion jockey in Germany and six times champion trainer and currently the champion trainer in Germany. Now, how do I know that about Peter Shergan? Well, he was the original rider of Lomitas, one of the most famous horses that I've ever worked with. And I've been so close to the Shergan family that I babysat with this young man and his older brother too, and his younger brother who plays golf. And um, would you believe that Vincent's here was a champion jockey? His older brother, um, Dennis. that's Dennis, was five times champion jockey of Germany. I, I, I can't begin to tell you what a pleasure it has been and what a gift it has been to have Vincent's here with me. And if I could take everything I've learned and somehow put it in an envelope and push it into the brain of Vincent Schirgen, I would do it. You are looking at a young man that I tell you will be a champion trainer not too distant future from now. That's going to happen. He knows too much. He has too much background. And he really wants to be a good trainer of horses. And furthermore, this young man is ready to say, you know, I don't have to do uh, uh, training that the way it's been done for 150 years or something like that, traditional stuff. I'm willing to listen to different and unique characteristics in training that Monty Roberts is famous for. And he has listened to me. And when this little tape is over, we're going to go put him on a filly that is so unusual in today's world of racing. You will keep your ear and eye all out for her. Uh, she, she may be a champion. I'm, I'm hoping she will. It would round out the miracle that we're talking about. Um, this filly's name is... Ashley's Sandcastle. If you can think of a name, I mean, it's a crazy name. Ashley's Sandcastle. And she came to me through Phil DeMotto, who is the leading trainer at Santa Anita. And um, she came with about 20 head of babies for me to start for the year. And this one was a 9.9 .9 for ambition for tension, for nervousness, for ready to go. Oh my word. She has so much sensitivity you can't even believe it. But we're going to go do a video because uh, Vincent has been riding her and he sat on her yesterday or yes. day before yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday he sat on her as she backed up 20 feet from me and backed into the starting stalls and stand there. When in fact, the first time I ever touched her flank area with my top pole that tries to get them ready for the starting stalls, she wanted to kick my head off. Not that she's mean, she's just ultra sensitive. But uh, this young man has been such a joy to work with for this last month and a week or yes. something like that. 
And I, I don't want him to go away, but I really want him to go away. I don't want him to go away from me because I'm selfish about it, but I want him to go away and go to the next thing. He's going from here to Australia. Uh, Australia. I think first to Kentucky. Yeah, and first to Kentucky and then in August to Australia. So tell them what you want to do. So, yeah, my name is Vincent Chieng and yeah, I want to become a host trainer. Um, and yeah, I went to Monty to learn, yeah, how to become a good horseman and yeah, how to learn nonviolent work with horses and yeah, how you build a partnership with the horse. Um, and yeah how you can make the horse want to do and you don't force it to do things um yeah this is why i'm here and did you get what you came for uh yes um i mean i came here and i had very high expectations what i'm going to learn but yeah i need to say it became even better and i learned so much i was not expecting and yeah it just has been a great great joy to be here And I'm I'm 87 and my health is not good and I wasn't able to spend every day I got to go to the doctors and all of this stuff all the time but every instant that I could I spent with him and showing him different thoughts about confirmation about mental processes of equus the flight animal and um I tell you It's like an open door there. It just goes in and he won't forget one word of it in my opinion. He will have it down cold. And uh, the Shergan family I just I I don't know of a family any closer other than the Jacobs family in Germany and those are the two closest families to me outside of my own and um to have Vincent's come here and spend this time uh was just overwhelmingly wonderful for me and um tell them what you learned this morning oh yeah uh this morning uh we were talking about the triangle so we were talking about confirmation uh how you can see that a horse uh has a yeah pretty perfect confirmation and yeah this is uh when you can see the triangle in a horse yeah And and then yesterday was talking about the the starting gate. Yes. So yesterday we were at the starting gate with Ashley Sandcastle and yeah it's pretty amazing to see how she changed in the last few days. Um she's a very sensitive filly and if you yeah want her to do something and she don't really want to do it, she's just not going to do it. But yeah, if you work in a partnership with her and um make her want to do it, it's yeah, pretty amazing to see how she's reacting. I would ask you, Vincent, how many countries have you watched racing in and been interested in racing in? Well, yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot in. Yeah, I mean it's uh, in the US uh, then back home in Europe uh Germany England France Ireland uh Japan and Asia um a bit of Australia so yeah quite a few countries okay and then i asked the question have you watched horses being schooled at the starting gate uh yes i have seen them school in almost all of those countries yes 
Have you ever seen anything the way I do it? No, that was yeah the first time. I mean, I grew up like uh, in a race yard by my with my father, um, and he because he uh, yeah met you with lometers, so he, he's uh, using some of your techniques. So I was used to a bit of it, but yeah, what I saw here was yeah even more and yeah it was just amazing to see it yeah and what he's talking about is that i use a hallway system where they walk in the gate and then they walk out but they're not on a racetrack they're just in a hallway and they walk around in a circle and go through the gate and through the gate and through the gate right yeah that's right and um peter shergan was the first trainer outside of my operation to put in a hallway yes that's the true. first one now there's also one at uh, Gestut Verhof yes. in uh, Sotrum in Germany. But um, we went further than that. Now we took the hallway system and put it on a line, and she is able to walk through, go around, back through. Either way, she can back through backwards or forwards. And uh, whether the gate is, uh, you know, banging open or not, she's going to be quiet and be in there completely now a partner with me, yeah? Yes. And Vincent on her back, and she knows exactly when she's going to break and run. Yes, that's right. As soon as the gates open, she knows she can go. Like, if there's banging around and the gates are still closed, uh, she wouldn't move. But as soon as the gates are open, she's just going out. And uh, and a few months ago, even a few weeks ago, whoa, she was really sensitive. And any time there was any little wiggling or anything, she was flying off the handle uh, and, and would kick. And, and she hated the sides of the gate against her. But we've beat all that, haven't we, since you've been here? Yes, uh, she's completely different horse now, and yeah, she just enjoys her work, and it seems like the gate is her best friend now. <laughs> and we're we're going to try to get a, a video of that today, just before he leaves to go back again to Australia, and um, don't tell them about this in Australia because they'll <laughs> say, "Oh, you're crazy! That yeah. can't happen." Um, but anyway, it happens, and. Um, I tell you, Ashley Sandcastle is a gift to me. She came without any introduction or anything, and I don't think anybody else thought she was a gift to me. But she's an unusual character with the immense desire to race and win. I tell you, I, I know it for a fact. Immense desire. If she has the speed, she will win. If she doesn't have the speed, she won't. But she will try. I promise you, she will try. And to get Ashley Sandcastle and Vincent Shergan with me at the same time is just overwhelmingly wonderful for me to do. Tell me about where you've located that starting gate and what you might have learned about that. Oh, yeah, yeah um, the starting gate on this farm was very near where we are now in the early days. And I was here uh, with Farrell Jones and, and some other trainers 
And all of a sudden it dawned on me that the, the starting gate was always put close to the stable so you could just walk a little way and you were there at the starting gate. And that's wonderful, except that the horse goes in and runs away from home every time. So I was here one morning and I said, I want my gate at the other end of the racetrack. And when they break from the gate, they're coming toward home. And it's been a wonderful change. Uh, we changed it. I went to my farm foreman and said, I want to change it. And I want you to make a place down there. And I want that gate to be set down there where they're looking back at their house when they go in the gate. And he said, when do you want that? And I said, this afternoon. And he had it that afternoon. And it's still there. And um, my word, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a big difference. And this is one of these many things I learned here. Um, to, yeah, just try to understand the horse and what is more comfortable for the horse. Um, yeah, it makes life so much easier if you try to understand the horse. And then you know, okay, the horse is comfortable with that. It is not comfortable with that. I'm doing the comfortable way. And yeah, the work is getting so much easier. One of the events that occurred while Vincent's was here was the movement, an annual event that we have here on the farm, the movement, uh, a movement into my concepts, a movement into the traditions of what I have learned as a non-violent way to work with horses. And during the course of the movement this time, I had a chance to work with Vincent and an Arabian filly. Yes. Uh, wild kind of Arabian <laughs> filly, but um, it, was, it was great fun. And I think the people enjoyed it very much. Yes, definitely. No, that was a great experience. I mean, she was, uh, yeah, never ridden before. And yeah, she was quite wild. Uh, when we put on the Sir Single for the first time, she was bucking for, I think, two minutes in a row. She wouldn't yeah. stop. And yeah, the next day I was riding her and she was just perfect. Yeah, that was pretty amazing to see that journey in such a quick time. It, it's so um, historical that people say how horses are not intelligent. They have a very low intelligence. And yet we're talking about a horse that was completely wild, bucking two straight <laughs> minutes without stopping bucking for two minutes. And one day and the next day he's riding her around. Um, they work something out in their mind with some intelligence somewhere. Uh, we now know that. Yes. And time will tell the scientists to do a little more study because you have to give them um, confidence that you, you understand that they are flight animals. And flight animals think they're going to be eaten by things like predators, which human beings are. And so they act out. And that's not stupid. That is simply their species and their way of being intelligent. It's amazing how these horses can think things through. What are some of the unusual things that you learned while you were here? Well, one thing that was, yeah, quite at the beginning, uh, we had a two-year-old cold called Showtime Apollo. And yeah, I rode him on the track and he didn't want to, to go to work. 
he just reared up and I actually yeah fall down jumped off three times because he was just yeah rearing up and yeah I didn't knew what to do because I just had the feeling he just don't want to work and he's just rearing up so he knows he gets me off and then yeah we started to put like blinkers on where uh, we put tape on on top uh, so he couldn't see up upper half was taped off yes the upper half was taped off and yeah then he was not rearing up anymore and he was yeah the most easy host um, and it was just a great joy to ride and yeah this is something you teach me is that if the horse can't see where it is going it won't rear up and yeah it's actually so simple but yeah I was not coming on it and then I gave you a whip oh yeah then <laughs> you gave me the giddy up rope um, so the giddy up rope is yeah a great tool to ride horses with um, yeah if they don't want to go forward then you use the giddy up rope uh, just yeah it's not a whip it's no it's not a whip yeah just a rope a very very soft rope and yeah if the horse don't want to go forward you just take the rope left and right and it's going straight away yeah it's made of um, cotton yarn cotton yarn and has a kind of a tassel on the end that the cotton frays out and makes a little tassel on the end and you just flick it across in front of you like this and boom they go forward better than any whip yeah huh? yeah for sure it's incredible pain is not the answer pain horses are thigmotaxic positive thigmotaxis is the going into pain and they will go into pain and try to resist it so all this traditional stuff where we used whips and we tied them up and we knocked on them with ropes and tied their legs and stuff, they will fight all of that forever. They'll just keep fighting. Cause them to want to do it with no pain at all and you'll get further ahead. Yeah? Yes, definitely. My man. Talk about join up. Did I learn it? Yeah, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, no money. Yeah. yeah. Five, four. Was there anything else, like, in the round pen or anything like that, that you learned that was new to you? Um, yes, for sure. I mean, the famous join-up. Uh, I did my first join-up here, and, yeah, it was just great joy to see how you build a partnership with a horse um, by doing this join up um, and I was working with different horses I was working with some of the two-year-old race horses I was working with uh, Arabians um, actually one of them was a nine-year-old breeding stallion and he was quite wild at the beginning when he came here but yeah after a very few days he started trusting me and uh, yeah, I couldn't have dreamed of uh, how much he trusted me at the end. And at the end, I actually was able to write him. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing journey. And I watched for days that you couldn't get him to join up. Your movements weren't just the way he wanted them to be. Is that right? Or Yeah, that's right. Uh, I learned so much about uh, the body language. Um, you just make like a very small mistake and the horse, uh, yeah, 
won't join up with you. So you need to be very careful. Um, yeah, what you express to the horse. Um, and yeah, I learned yeah so much here. It's yeah incredible. I guess I should make a, a rule with myself that um, the best things in my life I should repeat them in any interview that I do. And so I would say Lomitas, and I would say Johnny Tivio, and I now would say Vincent Schirgen and uh, Simon Stokes. Yeah. Those are people that mean so much to me. I say those horses' names and say people, but they're like people to me. Johnny Tivio won four world championships for me, and Lomitas was horse of the year after being in such a position that it looked like he had to be put down. And then we have horses like Pakistan Star, who stopped in the races and then went on to win four and a half million dollars after I uh, worked with him. It's incredible. It's a gift that just keeps giving. And that gift that I had of learning what horses are all about and how to communicate with them keeps giving. And recently, Vincent Schirgen was my gift. So I, I thank you for coming and thank you I really very much appreciate it. And everything. I want to give my best to your family. Thank you very much. Appreciate that all. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. In July, the last day of July, July 30, we have a Horsemanship 101. I had to get that one in there because it's so popular. It's the one-day foundational kind of everything that Monty's concepts have in a package that if, even if you don't know anything about a horse, you'll love it. Then we have in August, 1 through 5, the Gentling Wild Horse Course. That's five days long. And then we have 8 through 12, we have my favorite, Monty's Special Training. And that's where we have one horse after another after another that Monty hasn't met, but they come with issues. They come with uh, either the remedials or maybe they've never been started or maybe they've never been loaded. <laughs> Sometimes they're ridden here. So <laughs> we have uh, Monty's Special Training, August 8 through 12. And then 15 through 31, we have an introductory course of horsemanship in August that takes up through the month. We also have those broken into modules. As you know, we'll take 15 through 17 is module one. 18 to 20 is module two. That's the join up module. Then we have 22 through 24 is module three long lining and then of course we prepare for those intro exams the 29 through 31 we're going to slip in there a horse and healing august 26 through 28 that's for veterans with post-traumatic stress and first responders as well is there a month at flag is up farms that is not completely packed full of courses <laughs> don't ask my uh, resident instructor simon that question <laughs> <laughs> And but, you if, know. if I were to ask Simon that, he would probably scratch his head and say, is that possible? I know. <laughs> I've <laughs> probably experienced like, don't that. Make me, don't make me think about it. But, you know, that guy is so ambitious and he's just been wonderful. He and his wife, Yvette, are both have a huge passion for the programs. And they just they're they're as we speak plotting ways to figure out how to get more programs into the calendar. It's a true story. That's how much they love the programs and they love the people who come and participate in them. It's a true there story. And by the way, 
Flag is Up Farm is open to the public during regular business hours. So if you ever get yourself over to the Santa, Santa Inez Valley for a little bit of horse gal time, family time, me time, you can stop by there and visit through the front gate. You just press the button. You and go. you can see us, too, if you want to come and take a little preview. It's at MontyRoberts.com. And then uh, you can also call. We've got Adam at the office and anybody else who picks up the phone. That's at 805-688-6288. Very. Uh, the Monty's calendar is on that as well. So you can check out all those calendar dates I spewed at you a few minutes yes, ago. Yes, the calendar is on the website. Everything is on the website. I'll just make it. Yeah. Blanket statement. Yeah. Everything nah, you need to know is on the website. There we go. Everything you need to know. Tabs at the top, all right? Tabs at the top. There you go. Mm-hmm. And for details about today's show, you go to horsemanshipradio.com where you're going to find links, photos, and more information about today's guests and topics. And we love your feedback and we love to hear from you. Great way to do that is on social media. Just go to Facebook, search for Monty Roberts. He's the one with the blue check mark. And on Twitter as well as Instagram, the handle is Monty underscore Roberts. And many thanks to our sponsor. And the sponsor is. Ah, we've got hands-on gloves. Jay Michelson, who did us such an honor in putting a pair of hands-on gloves in every swag bag. We had these really nice, weren't those nice swag bags? They were. Holy moly, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, But the hands-on gloves were one of my favorite, and I think everybody's favorite things that were in there, too. So thank you, Jay Michelson of Hands-On Gloves. And then, of course, MontyRobertsUniversity.com. That is why we started on this journey to educate everybody in the ways of the Monty Roberts concepts, but really secret is those are the horses concepts. And, uh, and dad would be proudly agreeing to that. Be sure to visit all the other great shows too on the horse radio network at horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours. 